Our second scripture this morning is Romans 12, verses 9 through 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving our God. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Loving God, as you gather us in, we find our home in you. Open our hearts so that as we experience your word, we might come to embody it and then go out from this place to bless the world you love. Amen. Our worship, like life, embraces a rhythm, a rhythm of gathering and sending, gathering and sending. We gather here online and in person on Sunday mornings, and we worship, we experience a word together, and then we're sent. We're sent into the world to live and to serve, and then the next day, the next Sunday, we gather again. Our worship flows into our work, our work into our worship in that rhythm. We live one whole life. That same rhythm moves us through, excuse me, every bit of life, through all of our coming and our going. We gather in all the ways that we can now gather, in person, online, hybrid, in all the communities we gather, family, friends, this community, the causes that we hold dear. We gather and then we move into life, our lives moving and converging again and again, weaving themselves together, God with us in all of that. It's like the psalm says, O oh God, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I rise and when I sit. You discern all my going out and my coming in. You are familiar with all my ways. In the broad expanse of this rhythm of life, homecoming names and celebrates one particular gathering again. We gather here today as one community online and in person together at the close of summer looking forward together to a full fall, 
Over the summer, we've been on different trajectories, and here in this moment, in this space, our paths converge, and we welcome each other home. We even have a saying that reminds us of that welcome. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever you are, there is a place for you here. As we gather here for homecoming, ready to move into a full fall, we are turning to that saying for our theme for the whole season, there is a place for you here. It's something we say every Sunday, but in a number of ways that I'll mention in just a little bit, it feels like those words we say are coming to life with particularity and new possibility in this full fall. As we turn to that saying, there is a place for you here, it's no mistake. No mistake that we also turn this morning to this scripture from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans to ground our journey. More than anyone else in scripture, except Jesus, of course, the Apostle Paul's writings in life embody that sense of expansive welcome. There is a place for you here in God's love for the world in Jesus Christ. There is a place for you here. Now we know that the Apostle Paul didn't always think like that. Remember from earlier this year, the Apostle Paul started out as Saul. He was the sworn enemy of the Jesus movement, known in those early days simply as the way. Saul, Paul, persecuted the emerging church, we are told, breathing threats and violence. But then he was transformed in an encounter with the risen Christ and in the forgiveness of someone he had persecuted. He saw God's love open up beyond anything he had ever imagined, and Paul began to proclaim this with all that he was, this gospel, this good news, God's love for us in Jesus Christ, this is good news for everyone. There are no longer any barriers, no separation, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, we are all one. He began to proclaim a gospel of radical hospitality. Wherever you are on your journey, whoever you are, there is a place for you here. The apostle then takes that message on the road with urgency and fervor. Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi, Corinth, coming and going, coming and going, dashing off these letters as he goes. But at some point in all that breathless coming and going, the apostle Paul does stop and take a breath. He longs to go to Rome, to the center of their known world, but he's not sure that he will make it. He's made more than a few enemies, and so he writes ahead. He sends this letter ahead of him and he lays it all else out, the message he longs to bring to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. That's how he begins. This is the good news that I am coming to share. What God has been doing all along, God is doing in Jesus Christ. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, everything that has separated us from God and from each other no longer has any power. What does have power now? Power stronger than any power that does us harm, including death. What has power now is love. Nothing can separate us. Not from God, not from each other. In the letter to the Romans, chapter after chapter, the Apostle Paul lays all that out. And then he gets to what we have come to call chapter 12. And he says, and this, this is what it looks like. This is what love looks like when it comes to life. It's like we are all members of a body, the body of Christ. Let us live together into the fullness of that. Let love be genuine 
hate what is evil, but cling to what is good. That word that's translated as genuine or sincere in the Greek, it's anapokritos, which may sound a little familiar. It's not hypocritical. And not hypocritos, hypocrisy. Let our love be not hypocritical. I might translate it as let your love have integrity. May how we live line up with the words we say and may all that reflect and embody God's love for the world. May it embody the goodness of God that cling to what is good. One writer puts it this way, glue yourself to what is good. I love that. Be tenderly devoted to one another in mutual familial love. Honor one another above yourselves. Love lived out manifests in a quality of relationship, in a mutuality of power and caring. All those hierarchies that rule and rules that separate us and kept us apart, that's the old order. Dismantle them, take them apart, see each other as equally and fully human, live into what one writer calls a new humanity. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. We're talking about real life here. There will be affliction and trouble, we know that. Weather it together. Ground yourselves in the goodness of God in that affliction. Trust that nothing can separate us from God's love. Be joyful in hope. Share with those who are in need, and here's where it starts to get challenging. Share with those in need. Share what you possess, your means, with those in need. But it's even more than that. It's really share in, in the need. Share not only your resources, but share in the experience of having need. Have that much empathy. Share in meeting deep need together. The Apostle Paul paints a picture. In the body of Christ, this is what it looks like when love comes to life. But not just that. Practice hospitality. So far, the apostle has them looking at each other, but here he makes clear that this love is for the whole world, not just friends and family, but for the stranger too. The hospitality word in Greek is pretty amazing. It's a, a mashup of familial love and stranger, philoxenia. You may be more familiar with its opposite, xenophobia. Xenophobia. Have folks heard that word? That's the Greek word that's made its way into our English usage, that's fear of the stranger, xenophobia. Philoxenia is love of the stranger. Extend the kind of love that you extend to your family, to the stranger. Not fear of the stranger, love for the stranger. Practice hospitality. And then it gets even more challenging. Not just the stranger, but while you're at it, don't forget to bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. The apostle takes on the powers that separate and particularly the human instinct to enmity, opposition, and vengeance. He says, set aside revenge, embrace reconciliation. All that language about vengeance and wrath. Well, it reminds me of the work we did this summer with the angry psalms. Do you remember that? 
Remember what we learned, those angry psalms invited us to be honest about what we feel, to not gloss it over, all the hurt, all the lament, and when anger rises, to take a breath and to turn to the goodness of God and to trust that our good and loving God is sorting all things out. Trust God to sort all these things out for justice. And meanwhile, what is ours to do is the work of love. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. As far as it is possible, live at peace with each other, even with your enemy. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And that brings the apostle all the way back to the beginning. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. We circle back to goodness. To the very heart of the matter, the goodness of God expressed in Jesus Christ and now in resurrection come to life in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, this is what it looks like when love comes to life. The hospitality of all this radiates out. Love your siblings, love the stranger, love your foe. In the body of Christ, love comes to life. Wherever you are, whoever you are, there is a place for you here. As we move into our full fall, thinking on these themes, these words we say, a place for you here, I want to invite us to carry with us three questions along the way. There is a place for you here. What is the place? Who is the you? Where is the here? There is a place for you here. What is the place? Who is the you? Where is the here? In this morning's scripture, for the Apostle Paul, the here is the body of Christ. Each of us, beloved and gifted to live together one whole life. For the Apostle Paul, the you is everyone. And to be clear, that means the you is you, is you and every single other person. And for the Apostle Paul, the place, the place for you here is nothing less, nothing less than an equal life-giving place in the community of all creation, an all-creation community that embodies relationships of mutuality, justice, and care. We will carry these questions, the affirmation, and the challenge, a place for you here into a full fall. Today, we're welcoming each other back. We're welcoming each other back in this moment when paths converge. We return from all the life we have lived this summer. Our kids are back in school last week, and this week we are welcoming Reverend Grace Hyrum Kim and her family as she begins ministry as our director of family ministries. There is a place for you here. Over the course of the next two Sundays, we will turn our attention to the proposal that is emerging within our community to reconfigure part of our church property so that we might be able to provide housing and shelter to a refugee family while they await their asylum hearing. 
we will talk together and we will think hard about what it might take, the shared commitment it will take for us to join together to extend that kind of hospitality. There is a place for you here. We'll celebrate World Communion Sunday on October 1st, and then we'll turn our attention for several weeks, weeks to think deeply of who we want to be as the climate changes, of what it means to call the earth home in this time of climate crisis and collapse. We'll gather here on the afternoon of October 15th, hosting an interfaith experience around that question. Who do we want to be as the climate changes? We're co-hosting this with the Marin Interfaith Council, with Congregation Rodef Shalom, and with the good folks at Westminster Presbyterian um, in Tiburon. All, all of us coming together to seek together pathways of relinquishment, resilience, reconciliation, and reverence. We will consider those words we say thinking of earth as our shared home. Hospitality for every bit of creation there is a place for you here and in november we'll celebrate all saints sunday and as we enter the stewardship season we will consider and recommit to sharing in all that it takes to bring love to life here there is a place for you here and in all that we'll continue to support our neighbors in marin city working for racial justice we'll continue to stock the community fridge leaving what we can and welcoming those who come to take what they need we'll continue to bring meals to each other and call each other when times are tough the rhythm of living life together, this coming and this going, our gathering and being sent and then gathering again, sometimes, sometimes you can almost hear the pulse of it. Back this summer, in early August, there was this moment where this place became very quiet. Enough folks were traveling there weren't quite so many meetings. The preschool closed for a bit out of, out of their summer program and they took, they took a brief break. It was quiet here. You could still hear, though, the conversation from the folks in the Cedars Day program as they gathered at the door of the church waiting on their ride. We continued to gather on Sundays for worship, thinking on the Psalms, singing together from the songbook of life. The refugee housing team would walk around from time to time with our partners in the Marin interfaith community talking in serious, hopeful voices about how a part of the church building might become a home for refugees. The full preschool started back up again. The singing in the courtyard has picked back up. This past week, I have heard the wheels on the bus go round and round at least three times. Multiple verses of it. And just this weekend, women regathered again for the, fall's event, for the, for the fall women's event here in the fireside room and online. Some of us yesterday... <clears throat> Barbara Rothkrug and I, we gathered with our Marin City neighbors, raising our voices in protest. And here we are with the choir and the Barrel House Band welcoming each other home, ready for a full fall. Sometimes, if you stop for a moment and listen carefully, you can hear the pulse of love coming to life. So here we are. 
as we gather in this moment, in this place where paths converge, ready to set out together into this full fall, this, full, this fall that is full of possibility, maybe, maybe we should say this one more time to each other, our hope in Christ for the whole wide world, wherever you are, whoever you are, there is a place for you here.